Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm Johnny Morton, your host. And I'm Carla Morton. All right. Hey, tonight we want to talk about, hey, imprints that our family of origin makes on us and sort of how they come and can show up in our marriages. Um, Carla, let me ask you a question. Okay. What was Christmas like when you were growing up? Oh, when I was growing up. Oh, y'all was fabulous. Um, when I was growing up, my mom is from Kentucky, and we lived in Georgia pretty much growing up. And so she would go home every year for Christmas, and many times, or a lot of the time, it was cold. And a lot of times we'd get a little snow, and my aunt and her children, so my cousins were there, my grandparents, and it was really this storybook kind of Christmas so Christmas to you was we go home to Grandma and Grandpa's house. Yes, that's and, the only thing I ever knew. And you did that really, I think, until your grandfather died. Yes, I was. Yeah, until really, I was like a sophomore in college before we changed that at all. And that was really just about the time we had started dating. I think correct. So, how did you change? How did our Christmases change and yours change? Did you want to do it different? Did you want to keep doing it the same or was Oh, it... no, no, no. I wanted to do it the same way. Yeah. And my Christmases were probably a little bit different. Um, I had a big family. There were six kids. Uh, but by the time my oldest sister got married, sometimes we were together at Christmas, sometimes we weren't. And it was just sort of, well, whoever came home, they would be there for Christmas, whatever the situation was. Um, I know one of the things we did, and this sort of this is one of those that we changed in our marriage. When I grew up, I know this is a weird thing. When we did Christmas gifts, we opened all the gifts one at a time. And when someone else was opening the gift, you would stop and watch them, and then ooh and on ah do all those things. And I can remember when we went started Christmas with your family. That's not the way you did things. I know we just all jumped in there and just started opening gifts. Yeah, and everybody did. And then by the time it ended, you wouldn't know what happened. And I thought, hey, my way of doing Christmas was the best and the right way. And what'd you think? Well, I, I mean, I probably thought it was weird, but actually in that one thing, I did think you might be right. That it was nice to slow down and watch everybody open their gifts. Hey, I bring up that because that's one of the things we're going to talk about tonight. One of those imprints that our family of origin makes that can have an impact in your marriage is how do you handle traditions? especially when it comes to holidays and vacations and other family traditions. Uh, two other areas we're going to talk about. Um, one, what are the sort of the expectations that you bring in about roles, who does what? And then the other one we want to talk about is conflict. And in all three of those areas, roles and expectations, how do you handle conflict, and traditions and holidays our things can be real sources of, let's just say they can be challenging because so much of that we bring in our marriage from the way our family did things. I mean, that is really important, I think, for couples to realize if you're early on in your marriages, you're getting ready to get married, this is great to talk about and to think through. If you're 20 years in, one of the things I'd say is, hey, see, are, are there pieces to your relationship and how you all work that still may be coming from those imprinted things that happen in our lives as we're growing up and with our family of origin? Yeah, there may still be things that you've never actually considered where they came from. 
Yeah, you don't know. It's just like you're so imprinted with whatever it is that either we consider that the norm and we follow that pattern and we bring it into our marriage and our relationship and we keep doing it. Or maybe you do realize that it's not a good imprint and you want to not do it. But that takes a lot of intentionality to stop doing something that you really were exposed to as a child in, in your family of origin. Yeah, okay. Let's go ahead and talk about um, those expectations in roles. I know that's something we really sort of struggled with early on. Um, I mentioned in one of the earlier podcasts that my dad is really A-type personality, go get them, takes care of everything, very detailed. My dad would always think through anything that might could happen, and he would already be out there, have intervened and fixed it. Johnny, on the other hand, is 180 degrees different than my dad. He is very laid back. He doesn't want to think ahead about anything. Sorry, no, my thought, yeah, my thought was, I will deal with the problem when it happens. So I take energy to think about it if it hadn't happened. Oh, yeah. Yet. No. So, and so Johnny doesn't, and he didn't. And so you can imagine my challenge when I marry a man who doesn't think through any of those things. He's not honestly too proactive. That was a challenge because my expectation was that somehow, even though you were totally different than daddy, you would still do the same kind of things he had done to care for me when I was growing up. Yeah. And so I think a lot of the things we bring in is, hey, how did your dad do things? A lot of that may have to do with his temperament. How did your mom do things? What were the roles that they took on in the house? And because pretty much that's what we saw growing up, we sort of think, well, that's the way it should be. And, and that may work great if you're both on the same thing. Paid, but yeah. yeah, but if you have different ideas on what they should do and what they should be, that can be pretty, pretty volatile in yeah. the relationship. And I think, again, ideally, you talk about it before, you think through some of those things, but the reality is we all carry in things that are coming from that family of origin, and we want to acknowledge it, especially when they smack against each other. Yeah, what are some of the other things that we've seen in relationships, both in our relationship and when couples that we've done coaching with? Well, I think when you think about... Um, what are we expecting, like you said, the, the job responsibilities, the roles, um, who's doing what, who sort of is responsible yeah, who, for who what? Do, who does all the laundry in the house? Yeah. Who cooks? Who you cleans? Know, you know, who's primarily the role of the caregiver if you have kids? Yeah. Is it always going to be the wife who stays home? Yeah. What about if you both are working, kids are sick, do you take turns alternating who calls in from work? Do you a, yeah, I mean, and so much of that we grow up thinking, you know, with me, it was always mom. She's always the one who stayed home. It was almost never expected in the generation we grew up in that dad would stay home with the kids. Oh, definitely. And so that is something different today for younger people that you may go into this having all kind of combinations of ways of thinking about it, which will be great. It's probably more of an idea or thinking about, are you talking about it? And as long as you, you you can be in agreement and think through what you want to do, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think the key thing here is there is no right or wrong way. 
I think some of those things, they are myths. Well, men always do this, and the women always do this. And I think it's just like your relationship. You need to figure out what works uniquely for you. And then you've got another thing that we never dealt with. Is that someone that's coming from an origin of a single parent home? Oh, for sure. And so for some of you that that is your your story, then you're thinking, well, gosh, my mom, you know, if, if your mom was who you live with, your mom did it all. So you're coming into the marriage and maybe that's so, it's not really delineate, delineated. Well, I can't say that word. <laughs> delineated. Yeah, y'all knew what I meant. Okay. So, I mean, but in another home, again, you might feel like strongly like my spouse should be doing such and such. And I cut, I definitely felt that way. And so we were very different than my mom and dad. So that took a lot of time for me to adjust to. It'll be interesting to see what our children do. Yeah. You know, I, and, and when, you no, know, we've got one that's married, one that's not. So what is their marriage going to look like, their relationship? And again, I think this is one of those things that typically you see comes up more in the early years of marriage because I think eventually people end up working it out. And I think that's the key. Figure out what works for you. And we've we've adapted over the years and that we've been much more, and I think probably couples are today, much more about sharing responsibilities in the home, kids, everything else. But it can be just a source that people come in thinking, well, this is the way it should be done. And the other person thinks another way. And it's just one of those areas you got to communicate about and figure out, hey, what works for you as a couple? Absolutely. Um, all right, let's talk about conflict. Uh, Everybody's favorite. Yeah. Uh, before we get into it, as far as that, conflict is not a bad thing. In fact, conflict's just inevitable. Uh, we live in a fallen world. We still struggle with sin. God's still in that process of sanctifying us. You know, we act selfishly. We don't always act loving, even if that's what God calls us to do. And conflict arises. And sometimes it's because we just have a difference of opinion and it's not that someone's right or wrong. It's just different. Hey, do we go to the mountains? Do we go to the beach? Um, you get those sorts of things. Conflict itself in bad. It's how we handle conflict that can be healthy or unhealthy. That is so true. And like you said, it may be the, the kind of silly things in the sense of what are we having for dinner? Where are we spending our vacation? How do we spend our money? Things like that. But on the other hand, how you handle the issue is really what, what's the critical part. Yeah, and oftentimes we're talking about family of origin and the imprint that makes us. And where that really can come into effect is if your family of origin had sort of an unhealthy way of dealing with conflict. Uh, some of those might be that everything was just loud and verbal and people yelling at each other and throwing things and that's how you come into the relationship thinking, well, that's how you do it. We're just loud and boisterous and we're going to yell and scream and then everything's going to be all right afterwards. Yeah, I mean, and definitely people come out of those kind of environments. And then you on the other extreme, you probably have those that it came out of from a home that they never, quote, heard like verbal arguments or verbal conflicts. But what was probably happening was somebody was avoiding and the big elephant is in the room, but we refuse to acknowledge. Yeah, the we elephant. don't talk about that. And there it is. You don't talk about it. You don't bring it up. 
that feelings are not allowed in the sense that you cannot express what you're wanting, needing, thinking. And that is kind of another unhealthy extreme. But think about if you had two people from what we just described and you've got one that's avoiding and you've got one that has come from kind of a chaotic way of handling conflict that was probably unhealthy in the sense that it really got into very negative fighting and all that. But wow, what a setup that's going to be for problems in the way you handle it. And one of the things you often see too is when people come from an unhealthy conflict and family of origin, either that sort of Sometimes it can be emotionally damaging or they just see things as so negative that they're not going to do that. And so instead of being the one that they yell and scream and do that, it's just, hey, it's just going to be quiet. We're going to be soft. We're not going to raise our voices. And it almost sets up a thing where they're almost so unemotional about it that I think, like you've said before, when people are very unemotional when it comes to conflict, well, they just don't care. They don't even, can't even work up their blood pressure enough to, to get into this with me. So I think being able to have some really honest dialogue about that, and sometimes you may not have, the couples may not have ever even talked about, well, when I grew up, this is what I saw. This is what I thought was normal to do in a relationship. Or maybe you never saw your parents do that. And so you really not certain what it is. And so you go into it, you know, and you may or may not be on the same page with this. Yeah, almost. I think what we, I know we talked with a couple one time and it was like, they never saw their family, their parents have any fights or conflict. And so when they started having those in the relationship, it's like, well, there must be something terribly wrong because we're having conflict in you know, when I saw my parents, they never had conflict, and they were, that was the right way, so there must be something there wrong with us. There must be something wrong. And again, as Johnny said, conflict is inevitable in an intimate relationship, and it's part of what, as you handle conflict and you do it well, and we'll talk in some later podcasts about that, it builds incredible intimacy and strength in your marriage. But not dealing with it or dealing with it in a problematic way is not healthy. Yeah, I know when we go back and I look back to how my family did, you know, we could have a family of yellers and we got loud <laughs> and, you know, I can my brothers having knockdown, drag out fights and throwing things. And, you know, I remember hearing my mom and dad, you know, their voices raised. And so that was sort of normal when I brought in. And part of that, though, it can be damaging to the other person when you're sitting there yelling at them. Yeah, I mean, and, and we'll talk more about conflict when we talk about that, that conflict is one thing fighting and beginning to wound and hurt someone in anger are really different things. And so, but just the whole thing around conflict, the reality is you will be imprinted. You are, you were imprinted. You will be impacted and affected by what you saw in your family of origin. And so whether or not that's stuff that's good and you want to keep emulating that or whether you have to acknowledge, you know, that may not have been the healthiest way to deal with it. And I think we want to break that pattern or we want to figure out better ways to, to engage one another. Yeah. 
and I really think it is, it's like we've talked about before, it's just sort of stepping back and examining and thinking about, hey, what's healthy, what's unhealthy about the way we're doing this? And a lot of times, I think we often see a lot of the unhealthy things that come from that family of origin. And again, we're not we're not dinging our, our, our families of origin. Parents even desiring to do the best job ever they are sinful human beings. Oh yeah, we've blown it a lot. You know that 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 they also brought it from their family and from the family before. And you know, God has that incredible principle. You know where He talks about that things are generational, and they can be generational in a way that is a blessing and a blessing and a blessing and a blessing. And they can be generation generational in a way that we want to try to stop and break the cycle because it is unhealthy and it is not good. Yes, uh, that's awesome. Um, all right, let's move on, talk about the last area, and that's the idea of traditions and family traditions. You know, I think that the reality is that's something you deal with early on, but then for those of us who have been married longer, we're starting to see that started to wear its head again because now our children are getting married. Yes. And they're going to be doing their own. And naturally, we think our traditions are the best and the right ones. And now we're having to have grace to say, no, you go ahead and you figure out what works best for you. And y'all, this is, I think, a a challenge to a lot of us at this point in our journey. Again, we've raised our children. They've launched. Now they're married. As Johnny said, they need the freedom to be able to figure out what works well for them. And I think you can see this in several different ways. One, fam- two, cu- two couples, I mean, two people, two people that come from, let's say, really very healthy homes of origin, good family relationships, strong ties, and maybe they both enjoyed really nice, robust traditions. But guess what? Unless they have just unending money and vacation time, they may not be able to do all the things that her family enjoyed doing and his family enjoyed doing. Yeah, some of those challenges that I know young couples face and even, you know, later on in life, and I know it gets crazy when you have divided families and suddenly it goes from being two homes to suddenly you've got four Four homes homes you need to see for Christmas or something like that. Hey, holidays are usually big things because those are big in families. How you do birthdays? Are birthdays a big thing or are they just sort of low-key and private? Um, vacations. Where are we going to spend our vacations? Do we do it with family? Do it be ourselves? A lot of those things, we grow up thinking, hey, this is the way we've always done it. And that's the best way to do it. And those can be areas that are challenges in a marriage relationship. And I do, I think for us, the the parents, we've got to have the wisdom and the grace to begin to, as God calls us, let our children launch and then let them begin to make those traditions for their new family as hard as that is sometime when that means they're not going to be able to join us for some of our things that we would like. But we also, from the perspective of working with a lot of young couples, we, as Johnny said, we see this. We see sort of the, and I don't think parents mean to, but man, these young couples, they end up feeling a lot of pressure. They feel pulled to get to both families or multiple families, and it's hard on them. 
It really is. It's kind of a different scenario than probably 50 years ago people had. And the, the, the hard thing is that you don't want to disappoint anybody. But what we really encourage, and especially if you're a young couple listening to this, and this is sort of one of those areas you're still trying to figure out, is, hey, traditions are important in families. Sociologists will tell you it's one of those things that sort of form us who we are and bind us together as a family. You set your own family traditions, and it may be a variation of what each of you are up with, or maybe something totally different that works just for you. You know, I know it's hard sometimes because you don't want to displease people, but to be honest, your relationship with each other, your family should take priority. And hopefully your family is going to understand it if maybe you can't be there every single holiday and every single special event. But hopefully they'll get over that. But you need to stand firm on doing what's right for you as a family. Yeah, and that's hard. That's hard on everybody. It's part of one of those challenges for not only the married couple, but the extended family and how that plays plays out with everybody. But like you said, they've got to do what works for them and builds their marriage. And as we sort of look back over some of the things we've just gotten through talking about, you know, those family imprints, they're not always even good or bad. They're just different. I think we want to be careful that those that are some of the negative things and negative habits that come in there, hey, you want to see those for what they are and root them out. A lot of times that's hard because it may have been something that's been ingrained in you, but you can work it out, whether establishing boundaries, with establishing goals and doing things right. You can make those changes to move from someplace that's unhealthy to somewhere that's going to be a whole lot healthier for a relationship. The other thing is, hey, take what's good. Take what you can both agree on and make it a special part of your marriage from then on. Oh, yeah. And those are those would be great discussions to have. Like, you know, what is something or more than one something that were the positive imprints from my childhood, from from my upbringing, what I want to bring forward? And then are there some things that I know I've been imprinted with because that's what I saw and heard and felt, but maybe that's not the healthiest way. And we want to walk in a different way. Yeah. And I think that what's important is just to recognize, hey, as you talked about before, Man, generation to generation, we leave imprints. We're imprinted by those who went before us, and we're going to leave our imprints on our children and grandchildren and so on and so on. And what we want to make sure we're doing is that, man, we are leaving really healthy and positive imprints on those generations that come after us. Yes, I mean, that is such an incredible thing to think that God gives us that opportunity to steward our families in that way. But again, to just recognize that there's there's good, there's bad, and that God will use all of it, but we want to be wise about recognizing it as, as part of what we bring into our marriages. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, as we get ready to sign off on this episode, hey, we really want to encourage you that uh, we'd love to hear your feedback and hear your comments We'd love to get your questions. Um, if you go to the webpage, the, the source for No Regrets Marriage podcast, uh, you'll find our email address. 
Uh, if you don't have it on there, I'm going to give it to you right now. It's Johnny Morton, M-O-R-T-O-N, all lower caps, one word, at no regrets. That's N-O-R-E-G-R-E-T-Z dot O-R-G. And we would love to hear from you sometime. And right now, we just want to say, hey, see you later. Thanks.